I'm Brandy. And I'm Tori. And we want to welcome you to Fiction Therapy, where real-life mental health professionals slash fantasy enthusiasts unpack, analyze, and fangirl about our favorite books. We dive deep into the characters, adventures, and romances that make them amazing reads. We hope you have as much fun listening as we do talking about them, and maybe see things from new perspectives. it's been so long since we've recorded. I know, it really has. It's kind of crazy. I think you can probably hear the smile in my face like I'm so happy. We're so excited to be back. It's been, goodness, has it been like a few months? I think it's been a couple months, yeah. Because, I mean, if you haven't caught on yet, we are recording these book to book. So we recorded all of Mist and Fury at one time. Now we're finally back to record Act of War after like, which we're really excited about. Yes, so excited. Okay, so um, since we last recorded, we actually have gotten followers. Like, this is so weird. Yes! So when we started this podcast, we never dreamed that we would actually have people listening. It kind of was a pipe dream. It was... It was just something to do, like... For us as friends, we wanted to. It's fun. Yeah. And we get to hang out. I actually think we were sitting at my table talking about the books and drinking tea. And my husband was like, hey, this is pretty interesting. You guys should make a podcast. And it was like. We were like, no. So we're like, oh, we'll do it because nobody will listen. Right. And then now people are listening. So we hope you're enjoying it. Um, yeah. Thanks to everyone who follows us on Instagram where, you know, Tori is amazing at social media. And so she's having fun, like creating little posts and you know yeah and it's cool to hear feedback hear ideas Mm -hmm. for um maybe books you want to hear us talk about in the future we definitely are taking those into consideration as we decide what to do next yeah um so we really really are loving the comments and the feedback so please keep that up Mm -hmm. because i mean we could make this a sarah j moss podcast for sure we could talk for probably a couple of years about all her books but We want to do some variety as well, so I think we're going to move on. As If you did read our post, we're going to move on after Akawar and circle back to Frost and Starlight and Silver Flame later yes. um, for and, this series. And you know her other books will also be of on course. our radar at some point. You know, we have a whole list of books that we want to do eventually. It's just a matter of what's next. Yeah, which ones to do next. Um, And so I know this is kind of creepy, but on our RSS feed, we can get analytics and it shows dots on maps where people have listened. So I was like, I told Tori, it's going to be fun to say the places out loud, Uh, but it does feel a little creepy. So please don't feel creeped out, but we want to say hi to our listeners in Texas, Kansas, even a couple in Guadalajara, um, Oregon, Washington State, Maryland, San Francisco, New York, Mississippi, Georgia, Tennessee, Brussels, Belgium. That's crazy. That's Dublin, awesome. Ireland. And then there's a one outside of like Dusseldorf. Not sure if I'm saying that right. And then there's one in the Netherlands, which I didn't even want to attempt to say the city. But it's in the Netherlands. So we're so excited to have you guys. Thank you for listening. Yes. Okay. okay. So I guess we are going to do our little disclaimers and we'll have some... Time stands in the show notes if you want to skip ahead. Um, so just a reminder, if you've heard it before, if you've been listening to past episodes, but this podcast was designed for true fans of the books. Um, we will discuss it, not review it. Um, we do include spoilers, as in if you have not read this book, you should not listen to this show because mm-hmm. we are going to spoil it and we're going to give our opinions about said spoils. So, just a reminder, you know, this is the time to turn this off if you have not read A Court of Wings and Ruin. So, in A Court of Thorn and Roses and in all the other books, there are some spicy scenes, and we will be discussing those in these episodes. So, just a reminder to be be aware of who you have around you, you know, if... If there's some little ears that may not need to hear that being discussed, maybe listen to this episode at a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, also, content warnings. We're going to discuss the following topics and probably more. So trauma, abuse, sex, PTSD, toxic romance relationships, probably a lot of gore. Yeah. <laughs> and like gross stuff from this one um, because we do incorporate mental health. There's a lot of, you know, talk about those things. So kind of trigger warning there. 
And then lastly, these are our thoughts and opinions. We know that there are so many varying opinions and theories on SEM's characters, and it's meant to be an open discussion. We really, we know that there are a lot of opposing ideas out there, and we welcome those. We don't expect you to agree on everything. And we also kind of hope that this kind of, like, disperse on discussion. At least that's what happens with Tori and I when we disagree on something. We're like, oh, that's really interesting because yada, yada, yada. So we kind of hope that's what happens for you guys. Okay, so are you ready to yes. talk about it? I've been so ready for this, like, since before Christmas. <laughs> and then we're just like, can you do this date? No. Can you do this date? No. <laughs> we I'm really talking. have planned this about three times now, and we've had to reschedule just because of varying things, sickness, family time, and it's finally worked out. <gasps> so exciting. So we are going to talk through the final in the trilogy. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so when we left off... We had Feyre as a spy yes, in the spring court. She's in the spring court, and you're like, oh no, she's in the spring court. And then it's like, joke's on you. She's a spy. She's a spy. And Amran's like, where's Feyre? And we just like, she's my spy, and she's my queen. Yes, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. So when the book starts, um, we have Feyre painting, like just living her best springy life. Um, totally plotting to bring the whole place down. It's great. Yeah, like right off the bat, she's like, this painting is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Everything it's in so it dramatic. is a lie. <laughs> well, actually, the book starts with Reese, now that I think about it. It starts with um, a flashback to the war. And he's like walking through. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. He's walking through and like seeing all the bodies of the Illyrian warriors that have died. And he's like looking for Cassian and Asriel and... Um, so I actually forgot that it started with his point of view, mm -hmm. but then we get Farah in all her sneaky spring court glory. Yeah. The so. whole first part of this book is her being sneaky and letting the reader know that she's being sneaky. <laughs> she's like, this is what I'm doing, reader. Um, it's all a, a secret yeah. thing. I hated this part of the book the first time I read it. And then when I did a reread, I was like, man, this is the gold. Like, this is it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I really enjoyed it on the reread, especially knowing what was going to go down and how quickly she was going to be back with her family and everything. Mm -hmm. So she's, like, covering up her tattoos with a glamour. Yes, with a glamour. She's also a boss with magic now, and no one knows. Mm -hmm. um, she can read now. And no one knows, so I like to think she's, like, reading all the reports and passing along the information. Definitely. She has a new bedroom, because her old one was completely trashed by, dun-dun-dun, Tamlin. <laughs> Tamlin, the uh, prop property destruction connoisseur. If you are in a relationship where a man is, like, tearing apart your bedroom on a regular basis because he's having a hissy fit... You might should evaluate that. Because you, like, didn't answer your phone or something. Yeah. That's that's tacky. If you have to get a new bedroom because someone destroyed it, that's tacky. Tamlin. Tacky Tamlin. Tacky Tamlin. It's a new one. I, don't, I know this is really early to talk about trauma because we're literally talking about chapter one, but you and I got on a discussion the other day about we try not to talk about book stuff too much outside of podcasts because we don't want to use up our content. But we did talk about the idea that Tamlin's trauma is, I guess it wasn't you, it was somebody else, sorry. Part of Tamlin's trauma was keeping her safe. Yes. Like, we that all was, can agree on that. That was part of his coping was like, I have to lock this down and keep her safe because I don't want anybody else to get hurt. So we have some kind of empathy and compassion for Tamlin on that part. Like, that's where his destructive behaviors come from. And we have discussed that before, because remember, when they were under the mountain, he wasn't able to do anything. Mm -hmm. He was helpless. And so, from then on, from that moment on, him being so overprotective and kind yeah. of creating this toxic environment, it did start with good intentions, because he was so helpless when he couldn't help her under the mountain. Yeah, it was like a need for control <clears throat> and exerting control in all situations that he can. So. Yes, but he is still mm -hmm. very violent mm -hmm. and tacky. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she also has her room, which is right across the hall from Lucian. Yes, set that up. And Lucian is immediately so, like, suspicious. He doesn't buy any of it. And one of the things that he brings up, which is a good point, he's like, 
where would Reese take your sisters? Like, why would he mm-hmm. take your sisters? And she's like, I don't know. Um, I like to think that the first third of this book is just Farah trolling Lucian. <laughs> I love Lucian in this book. Probably Me too. the most out of the three. Well, and I love the Lucian Farah friendship. Mm-hmm. I've I've always loved that, and I still love it. And even though he's he has his bad moments, you know, he really he's he's kind of playing for her team during this part, yeah. especially you know standing up for her and everything. You can see him separating himself more and more from Tamlin, and he's also um, his mate is Elaine, <sighs> unreciprocated, but still, you know, and he's like, I've got to stay on her good side because. Oh, yeah. That's the only way I'm ever going to get to Elaine. It's a big motivator for him to, like, not upset Farah or cut ties with her. Because he's kind of thinking, like, I've got to get to my mate. And we're all, like, eye-rolling. Like, okay, you just got the mating bond snapped. Mm-hmm. Happened at the worst time also. I, I know there's so many on people on TikTok who joke about that. That she just, like, got spilled out of the cauldron. <laughs> Boom. And across the room, he's like, dun-dun-dun-dun, like hard eyes, and she just like experienced trauma, and he's like, you're my mate, she's like, huh? yeah, that's, that's kind of, I don't, mm, there are a lot of opinions about that, and I really don't know where I fall on the spectrum of like, yeah. how I feel about it, mm. so that's, I know that I don't mm. ship them, I really don't, no. I don't really mind whatever direction SJM decides to go. Because, you know, I love her. But I don't... I'm I not trust like, her. Right. I'm not, like, rooting for them. No. But anyways, well, he doesn't believe Feyre when she says that Elaine will be fine there. He's yep. very worried about Elaine. And also, our favorite terrible person Schmerger. is back. <laughs> I, and her... Ugh. I don't even... I can't even come up with good adjectives. Like, that's how worked up I get about her. Mm. She's just... She's just a troll. She's like, I'm sorry. I thought I was giving you what you wanted. Um, and I thought I putting thought... your sisters through trauma <laughs> and terribleness and just the worst things of their lives would make you happy. Yeah. Which, I mean, it made me happy as a reader because I was like, yeah, I they're yeah, now. Um, but she's also like, Hybern's forces are a little too powerful to stop anyway, so it's NVD. And we're all like, okay, I am the whatever. But Farrah plays along because she's, like, doing her whole little 007 spy thing. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay. So, and also during this time, we find out that Highburn is coming to have a slumber party. They are coming mm-hmm. to be in the spring court and um, try to take down the wall. Yeah. Those twins are here. I'm not going to try to say their name <laughs> because I butchered it earlier, <laughs> but Brandy can say their names. I can say what I think they are, <laughs> which is Dagden and Branna. Okay. That's For what some, I'm I was going like, with. Bragdon. Bragdon and Hannah. It's very but anyway, strange. and Jurian. I can say Jurian. Yeah. Um, Which, aren't they like the niece and nephew of Highburn? That's what the I twins think so. are? I think so, yeah. They're, they're a prince and a princess. Yeah. So they're they're kind of... But they're described don't as like, like them. two souls, one body. Or yeah. what is it? Two bodies, one soul. One, they're very connected. It's real weird. It's a real creepy. There could be some, some in, weird stuff some going on there. Some incestuous relations there. Not sure kind of the vibe you get they're the okay they're called the commanders so they, and they're like we're sharing a room yeah they're like we'll take a tent together um they're coming to survey the wall to figure out where's the perfect spot to destroy it with the cauldron yes um, once it like recharges it's plugged up right now <laughs> um which is because King, the King of Hybern made a really poor choice by like, using all of its juice on those sisters. <laughs> when, and now it's really tired. It's got to be recharged. Yeah. And they, um, and they're just doing some plotting, some planning. Yeah. We actually find out later, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the book, you probably need to turn back now. But they're like poisoning everybody at the spring court so you can't use magic. They mm-hmm. are, you know, they're... How do you say it? Damati? 
I always say Demati. 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 So it. they can play the mind games like Reese and Feyre can, and they're always trying to break into someone's head. And Feyre's like trying to protect everyone during that time. And yeah. Feyre knows. She's yeah. like, she's like, I bet they don't know that I'm Demati though. And she's like shielding everybody, which later we find out that they knew the whole time, and they were like, that was so cute of you trying to like take care of everybody's minds. But it turns out that they've been feeding them food, but it's not like the food has been laced with Feybane. No, it's been grown in a garden that has been watered with water fertilized. and fertilized with water laced with Feybane. So it's like in the DNA of this food, yeah. which is so sneaky. And I was like, oh, very interesting. Feybane fruit. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Feyre has only spoken to Reese like once down the bond. She... Yeah, they keep saying it's not quite strong enough. It's mm-hmm. it's just real vague. And then it makes sense because she's been eating this food. But mm-hmm. um, that's kind of bothersome yeah, to me in the beginning. I wanted to be like, oh, they at least get to talk. And then I guess that was kind of like a plot device to not have them talking. They were Well, like... and they also said that they didn't want to talk because the more they talked, the more... Um, the bond was strengthened and people could smell it. Yes. So that made that was bond. another. Mm-hmm. Which I guess the story is that it was forced upon her and then it was broken by Hybern, but it's like lingering. I don't know. But basically they were like, I love you. And she was like, is everybody okay? And he was like, yeah. So that's pretty much all that's been said. Yep. And then they're going to share a room. Yep. They have Feyre and Jurian have a little bit of back and forth. Um, she is kind of spicy with him. Not back and forth. Sorry. <laughs> Different kind of spicy. She's like more, um, I don't know, how, how would you say that? More firm in who she is with Jurian. She kind of stands up. She gets up. a little saucy. Saucy. Thank you. Yeah. She's very confident now in the spring court in her fake role as like Tamlin's I yeah, guess. and there's actually a quote from Jurian. I'm going to grab my book here and read. I've, like, super nerded out and put my note cards in the book. I love it. But, um, I, I love, Jurian is automatically suspicious of Feyre. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, or he's like, um, this is kind of weird, but, okay, I found it. So he said, and yet here you are, his mate, the most powerful high lord in the world, lost his mate and has yet to come to claim her even when she is defenseless in the woods. Perhaps that's because Rhysand has not lost you at all, but rather unleashed you upon us. That's like, so he called it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know. So, I oh, think yeah. he's... And she, that's, I think that's kind of when, I don't know when he threatens her, but she's like, don't threaten me in my own home. And then, like, in her inner monologue, she's like, yeah, I'm landing on thick, claiming the spring court as my oh, home. Yeah. And, like... She keeps saying certain things to kind of, like, get Tamlin to feel pants feelings for her. <laughs> of, like, oh, yeah, she loves living here. She loves me. It's so crazy to think about Farah from book one, where she was just terrified, and she just wanted to find a way out, and there was just all this emotion and trauma, and then looking at Farah now, who is single-handedly bringing down the spring court and is yeah. extremely sure of who she is. It's just such a cool growth, and I think that growth is not only from, like, these really healthy relationships along the way and this found family kind of trope, but also because she's realized, you know, I am awesome. I am a bad A. Like, I can do this, and I think that's a really cool aspect of growth that Sarah J. Moss did in this series. It's just, like, Absolutely. daylight and dark looking at Feyre from book one, Feyre from mm-hmm. book three. And the difference is, I think, that personal journey, like, of course, Mist and Fury has all the romance where, towards the end, she finally, like, accepts her feelings for Reese, but most of the book is her figuring out how she heals, and she becomes her without that responsibility of mm-hmm. taking care of her family, right? Like, that's part of her kind of trauma growing up is that she was the provider. Mm-hmm. So without that responsibility of being the provider, she gets a chance to figure out who she is. Yeah. And once she accepts, you know, kind of who she is and what she wants, she's also like, okay, I also want to be with Reese. So now she's just like this fully functioning human with desires Thanks. and hope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this person, this being, sorry. 
and she gets to, you know, kind of make her own decisions now, and this is her fighting for what she wants. Yes, I love it. I think by the end of A Court of Mist and Fury, Feyre knew exactly who she was. And then, you know, this whole book is spent her is spent with her being like, I know exactly who I am, and now I'm about to use it and go boss on these people. Absolutely. And it's 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 awesome. It's empowering. It's wonderful. Yes. So eventually, uh, they're gonna go help Jurian and the commanders look at the wall. So Lucian and Farah do that. Um, they also kind of like share a tent. I thought that was kind of funny. Lucian gets asked where he get hit, where he got his eye, mm-hmm. and that's when we learn that it's from the Dawn Court. Yes, friends in the Dawn Court. I think it's hilarious that Lucian and Feyre are just lumped in together all the time. Like they're always just, oh, Lucian and Feyre can stay together. Got they, it. It's fine. They can do this task. Yeah, and I just it really it makes me laugh. Because what comes later when she fake seduces him, you know, it just makes it all the better. Yes. It's clicking all those pieces together. I think she she even says, too, that she's been planting seeds for Tamlin to show that, like, she kind of likes Lucian or that mm-hmm. they get along really well and they connect. I really click like with Lucian. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada. Yeah. So. There's also that subplot of her looking for the wings that belong to mm-hmm. Reese's mother and sister, but she hasn't found any. Well, Tamlin says he burned them. Oh, yes. Which is, like, really cool of him. I mean, instead, well, instead of, like, keeping the wings hanging in the study, burning them is so much more respectful. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You're laughing, but, like, <laughs> he had them hanging in the study. Yeah. He, he made a good decision there. <laughs> And then we get to, um, don't let me skip too far, but we get to where she finds out that Tamlin would not participate in Cal and Mai. I go too far? Oh, yeah. No, and, we, yeah. Um, That's fine. He made Lucian do it, and Lucian had to sleep with Ianthe. How did that choosing process happen? Like, could he not have picked some unsuspecting village girl? I mean, yeah. Because that's the part I was confused on with Cal and Mai was that I thought it had to be the High Lord because of power. Right, like, right. we have to really give that boost for the land. Yeah. With the magic sex. Oh, yeah. And they're the <laughs> only court that does that, and it's questionable. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited to talk about that in the hot takes. Uh, but, yeah, I guess Lucian has enough power, question mark, to do the magic sex. Well, I just want to know. I need some more details about how Ianthe got chosen for this task. Poor Lucian. Ianthe chose her own self. Ianthe was like casting spells on herself earlier in the day. She was yeah. like, I'm going to be chosen. She also probably like gave everybody, I don't know, a laxative, all the other women, <laughs> and was like, oh, looks like I'm the only, hair toss, I'm she's the like, only female available. She's like this. laying in the cave naked, like waiting. <laughs> I mean. Oh, you chose me? Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So oh, Farah, that, that's when cause we find that out because Farah asked Lucian about Ianthe and if he, her and Tamlin slept together while she was gone. And he's like, no. And then yes. he was like, I also had to sleep with her for Cal and Mai. It was his duty. Oh, poor baby Lucian. We're going to talk about that a little later, but yeah. I don't think that was his choice. So then comes one of my absolute favorite <laughs> parts in the whole book, um, which... I just love Alice. Like, mm-hmm. I've loved Alice since book one. She's just sassy. She's just this little tree bark lady love with her. all the sass. And Feyre, you know, she got really slim in A Court of Mist and Fury and was really unhealthy, um, couldn't keep food down, lots of trauma, lots of, you know, PTSD. Nobody was concerned. No one no one was concerned except Reese. Who was trying to feed her every chance he got. Mm-hmm. But, so she got really slim. So, while she's at the spring court, they made all these beautiful dresses for her that fit this, you know, very, very, very tiny version of Feyre. And now she's back. And supposedly for months, she's been tortured and mind-controlled. Right. By the evil Reese. By evil Reese, yeah. But she managed to put back on all that weight and get muscles and get super curvy and healthy and now none of her spring dresses fit. Mm-hmm. And Alice is like calling her out. She's like, wonder why these aren't fitting. Wonder why mm. you can't fit into any of these dresses. Hmm, you don't look too sad to me, you know. 
And she's also like, I have a cousin who works at the palace, and she told me <laughs> that when you visited, you looked happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, whatever you have planned, just leave my boys out of it. So, again, I mean, we think Farah is so sneaky, but Lucian's mm. onto her, Durian's onto he, her, well, Alice is on her. Alice even pulled out some night court clothes, and she's like, you want to wear these? And she was like, ah, ah. How dare you do no. that to me? You know, it's, no. and she's like, well, I'm pretty sure this is the only thing that's going to fit. Right. So, sorry, um, Alice just got real, like, southern mama there. But, <laughs> you know, I, I just love that she calls her out. And, I feel like the um, night court clothes are, like, Target PJs. They're, like, super soft they and stretchy the, waistband. The high-waisted pants mm-hmm. and the crop tops. Like, everybody feels like a 10 in high-waisted pants and crop tops. Mm-hmm. That's just, man, I just want to live in the night court because of that. So, anyway, summer solstice rolls around. Mm. My favorite part. This is my favorite favorite scheme. Okay, so, Ianthe is planning this dumb ceremony. And they're like, she's like, we gotta pray That's how Ianthe's tagline. Planning a dumb ceremony. Dumb ceremony. So, she's like, I planned this at the right time. And I feel like she got some blue painter's tape and, like, put an X on the ground. <laughs> and what, we're skipping over everything to tell you that Farah moved those markers. <laughs> and so, when the sun rises, it shines directly on Farah, And everybody's yep. like, oh. She's cauldron blessed. And Ianthe's like, oh, what? <laughs> like, that was supposed to be my sunlight. And it's the best. I, I love it. Anytime Feyre can get it, I Anthe, like I'm here for it. I am here for it. Mm-hmm. That was that was so good. Oh, and I I think she also uses her light power to make herself yeah, glow. To make like her not glow. only is the light shining on her, but she's glowing. Mm-hmm. And then she also grabs Lucian's hand, and he like kneels, and it's a real oh, cute little so sweet cheesy. moment there. So that makes everybody think like, oh, what's happening there? Cauldron blessed, baby. Yes. And I am that he's like, oh, that's my best friend. She's so blessed. <laughs> but then that night is my favorite, Lucian. I mean, Lucian. <laughs> my favorite favorite scheme. So we get ours back to back. And it's oh, when she, um, oh, the she has a nightmare. So many sexy nightmares. Quote, nightmare. And she just happens to be wearing her sexy nightdress. Look. And she goes across the hall to Lucian's room, and she's like, I've had this nightmare. And she throws her arm around him, and she's crying, and he's, like, holding her and comforting her. And then Tamlin walks in, and he's super mad. No, they are, like, chest to chest. It says that Lucian is shirtless. He barely has any pants on. Well, he was asleep. She has her little Boobs like pressed up against him, and she's sweaty, and he's sweaty because she made herself sweaty. So yeah. they're like panting. It is a scene. It is. It is a look when he walks in the door. It looks like some some has happened, and he is not happy about it. And then you find out the nightmare was fake. Like she planned to make sure he was going to come to her room that night. Mm-hmm. And she Girl, worked herself that took up. some forethought. It like, did. And she also like dug down in her own trauma well. And was like, I'm going to think about all these things. Yeah. And made herself essentially have a panic attack. Yes. Like, or at least bring up the bodily symptoms because, you know, the high faith, they can hear I the can heart smell beat it. and yeah. smell the fear sweat. That's what I call it. It's the fear sweat. <laughs> like the scent of fear or whatever. So she made those, like, bio symptoms happen for herself. Pretty impressive. Mm. So then uh, after that, they're going off on these missions. They're trying to find a hole in the wall, mm-hmm. you know, to where Highburn can attack it. They're, I just, I really don't like the twins. Let me just say that again. Yeah. Oh, this is when um, the children of the blessed are like, can oh. we come into Prithian and live there? And, and the twins are like, mm, a snack. Yeah. <laughs> and Pharaoh's like, don't do it. Farrah, like, breaks into their minds, and she's like, okay, you need to go away. Like, this Mm -hmm. is not safe. And she thinks she saved them. And then those little turds, the twin turds, go and find them and murder them. And then, like, string them up in the woods. It's so, oh, I hate them. I hate them. And then Farrah and Lucian find them, and they're like, oh, no, they didn't. And then they're like, we got to get them back. Clap back. Clap back. So they send the bogey after them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
And then they, they get like sent to the principal's the office, essentially. Oh, so that's one of my favorite um, pieces of writing that SJM did. Is it was like, what can what what sends a message, and or what can we do? And then a chapter ends, <laughs> and then the next one starts. Like she and Lucian are in Tamlin's office in trouble, and yeah. you're like, what happened? Like, and then you find out they sent the bogey after him. Getting a scolding. It's hilarious. I love it. So, and she, Tamlin reminds her that they're supposed to be allies, and... Isn't uh, this where he goes off on her? Like, Lucian goes in the hallway, and... Yes! The, oh, my stars! She lets herself get hurt this time. Yes, she doesn't... She, like, goads him. She mm-hmm. keeps goading him, and he explodes the desk and everything, and instead of putting up a wall of air like she typically would do, she let it all hit her. She got hit And then Reese is, like, going down the bond, like, yo, what's up? Are you Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And he's real upset. She's like, no, 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 I planned it, man. So, I mean, that's not what she said, but that's how I felt (laughs) in the moment. Yeah, he says that she should have left it for him to deal with. um, And they're like, what is that thing that she says? She says, basically, like, you should have married someone Oh, yeah, you should have married someone that can handle this or that can take this. Or whatever. And that's when, like, some kind of furniture hits her. It's bad. And then Lucian is outside, and the two guards, I think it's Bronn and Hart, Mm -hmm. are outside. And they they bust in, and they see her sitting here bleeding, and Mm -hmm. he's done this. And they lost some major points for Tamlin. Or Tamlin lost major points. Yeah. And that circles back later when... Like, that's kind of her putting in those sticks of dynamite here and there to mm-hmm. make all of Tamlin's, like, following blow up, you mm-hmm. know, after she leaves. Yeah, we, I mean, we could skip that plot point, but it's, like, the Naga break-in and the keys are missing and, like, so all She just of that, keeps planting those yeah. seeds of unrest. Ianthi says the guards are lying, but we find out. Oh, yeah. Feyre starts cozying up to the guards. Mm-hmm. She, like, heals them mm-hmm. and does different things so that they're kind of on her side. She also, like, asks them to personally protect her. She's like, can you walk with me? And mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, she needs protecting because, well, she doesn't. I mean, she's amazing. Right, but right. Because she's pretending she mm-hmm. needs protecting. In her storyline. Yes. So... They find another hole in the wall. Um, oh, Alice tells her that she's about to head out for the summer court. Oh, yeah. Alice is like, like out. don't tell nobody that you know me. <laughs> summer <laughs> court, because those blood rubies are a thing. Yeah, she's like, I'm actually wanted dead there. <laughs> like, don't use my name in the summer <laughs> court, okay? Right. Oh, that's... I just... I, I read something today. This is kind of off topic, but... I feel like it should be interjected. But I read something today. It was like Tarquin is the kind of, like, great male who if he'd have known that red triggered Feyre, he would have sent, like, a sapphire or something. Like, to say, hey, I want you dead. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Want you dead but not triggered. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Okay, so the next day when they go out, is that, is this the one where Tamlin and Ianthe goes with them, like, on the camping trip? There's a lot of camping. (laughs) When they I go know, out to look I at the wall. really, like, a lot of the camping trips kind of run together for me. Yeah. So, ooh. But they also get some information about Hyburn. I don't think, I think this third one is when um, they escape. That's what I'm saying. It's the, Whichever one she escapes is the one that her, Ianthe, Tamlin, Lucian, Jurian, Bragdon. So Tamlin was there? Yeah, but because he was, uh. well, no. Was, that was a different one. But oh, yeah. on this one is the one where she really gets information from Jurian. But we found out later that he kind of knew all along that he was feeding her that information and stuff. Yeah. But basically, like, she gets the information that they have a massive army and they're going to use the cauldron on the wall. Um, and he gives her, like, specifics. Like, yes. where they're at, the numbers. So Which she's makes like, sense all right, later. I got what I need. Let's go. Yes. So she ha okay, she does have a pack with her and the supplies that she needs. And so she sets up to leave the next morning. Remember that morning she wakes up and Ianthe's in the tent? And she, like, has a has a knife, like, casually in her hand. And she's like, wouldn't it be nice if I just slit her throat yeah, right now? Yeah, that was a, that was a moment. <laughs> Ianthe woke up and she was like, you good? <laughs> I remember was that. like, 
yeah, I'm just cleaning my blade or something like that. I was like, just kill her. You never know when an enemy might be working. That's right. That's what she Something says. like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So she's, like, trying to leave. She's doing a good job of it. She she's just ate an apple. Her. I remember she just ate an apple because yes. it's, like, laced with Fabian. So she's trying to leave, and then she hears poor Lucian mm. being molested by Ian. Being sexually assaulted. Which, which is not happen. okay, and yeah. that happens. Like, but it's cramping her style trying to leave is what's happening. Yeah. So she's like, I've got to save him. So, she saves Lucian, and she tells, I, she, like, breaks into Ianthe's mind, and she says, you're going to put your hand on this rock, and then you're going to take this other rock, and you're going to smash your hand until I tell you to stop. And that was graphic. Yeah. Made me a little nauseous. Not and, like, lie. every time she hit it, she said another like statement crunch. of, like, you will never, she was basically like, you'll never touch another human being again until, like, they initiate. Unless they ask you to. Yeah. And it's mutually wanted. Ooh. And it's, like, very graphic. Like, like, some snaps, some crunches. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's... Ooh. Which is, like, yay for consent boner. But, like, yes. ouch. And then she's like, you can go to a healer and get the bones set, but you can't get the scars removed. And every single time you look at this hand, you'll be reminded of... I don't remember if she says reminded of the consent or reminded that you're never allowed to touch another human. Mm. Consent is the yeah. way. Consent yeah. is the way. Mm. It's rough. And that, so Lucian, this is when he finds out that she's Daimati, first of all, and yeah. that she has all these other powers. And so he's still, like, pushed up against the against the tree with, like, his shirt open and, like, <laughs> hair is disheveled and his jaw is, like, on the ground. What did you do? He's like, oh, and then that's when she has that really bad-A line where she's like, the word you're looking for, Lucian, is Daimati. Oh, it's iconic. So then the twins come into it, and she's like, I'm out of here. And they're like, no, we're going to kill you. They're like, don't you feel tired? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got some headaches? <laughs> um, we're all like, what do you want, <laughs> silly twins? Like, get out of here. Then you find out about the Feybane, which we've been talking about that already. So mm-hmm. the food's laced. Um, their magic's gone. And she, she feels her magic drain away. Mm-hmm. So... She's, like, winnowing with her last little bit of magic, and she basically slaughters them up real bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Killing them. Yeah. And he's dagged and almost gets Lucian, and she, like, stabs him through the skull. Yeah. And Lucian, like, beheads. Mm-hmm. Somebody. One of the twins. The Brana one. <laughs> and <laughs> notice how I don't say the name. We're doing so twins. good with this plot right now. <laughs> I just want to point out. Stab, stab, kick. Right. They're, like, they fight and stuff. Okay, they fight. Then they're like, we gotta get to the night court. Um, sorry, no clapping. Um, Basically, and... Lucian's like, what, you, are you leaving? And she's like, yeah, bye. And he's, that's when he gets all butthurt. And he's like, what was your plan for me? Yeah. Like, you're just gonna leave us? And she was like, yeah, bro. Like, I don't owe you anything. <laughs> yeah, but basically he's like, I'm coming because my mate. And she's like, okay, Lucian, let's go. And boy, is he in for a treat. Mm. Um, oh, man. Lucian's going to find out a lot. So now we're in uh, the official second part, because this book is in three parts. But the second part, I feel like, is like 75% of the thickness of the book. <sighs> like, part so... one is like teeny tiny, part three is teeny tiny, but part two is like massive. But part two, this is where your gooey, ooey wonderfulness happens. Like, this Love is it. some of my favorite parts in the whole series. Like... I love it. So, they get to the Autumn Court border. They're trying to make it their way to Night Court, but they don't have magic, so they're going on foot. Yeah. And it's a long way. Yeah. And, you know, they got enemies everywhere. We go. It's basically like a friendship camping trip between them. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have to fish for fish. And don't they cuddle? Because it's real cold. They have to cuddle a little think bit. About that. They have They make fires together. They pick apples. It's kind of cute. I You're love it. You're making it sound really fun, but I don't remember <laughs> it that way. They're basically freezing. I was like, time. I remember them freezing and starving and running from the evil Lucian brothers and... Yes. Well, that's a little later. what I'm remembering. <laughs> because they have to go to the Autumn Court. But one part I do, like, vividly remember is... Feyre is trying to make, like, a makeshift fishing pole, and Lucian just casually wades into the river and, like, sticks his hand down in the water and is like, 
fish. <laughs> she's like, what? And so then he, like, gets another one, and he's like, you do the fire, I'll do the fish. And she's like, got it. Um, they have a good system going. I mean, yeah. they're really good allies. Mm-hmm. Like, Lucian and Feyre forever. Love it. They essentially find some caves to sleep in, but surprise, surprise, Eris and the other brothers find them in the in the cave. And, and they're so mean. They are. They're, they're so They're mean. trying to capture them, and they get away that time. And then the next time they encounter them is when they're almost over the border to winter. Yeah. They're on that frozen lake. Yep. And, I mean, they just bust in. They're, like, running over this frozen lake. So this is, like, my favorite part in the whole book. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to, like, try to chill out. I'm going to try to chill out. But mm-hmm. they're, like, running, and they're trying to fight, and the, the magic still isn't back. Because Feyre's like, if I had my magic, I could contact my buddies, and my buddies could come get me. Mm. And, but she doesn't, so they don't know her location, so she, for all these days, she's been hoping her magic would come back so that they would locate her. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they've, like, these brothers, they're so mean. Mm-hmm. They, like, got her by the hair, like, dragging her around. They've got Lucian ready to kill him. Eris is using a lot of fire. Yeah, it's, they're so mean. Like, they're cutting her face and stuff and hitting her and... I guess this is nothing new for these books, but I'm just like, this is so mean. Mm-hmm. But then, when? She's also, like, felt that her powers are kind of coming back. Yeah, this time. she's been at little flickers mm-hmm. here and there, little mm-hmm. flickers. And she, um, when all hope seems lost, a shadow crashes into the ice and it's two Illyrian warriors. And this is the point in the book where I was like reading, doing my happy little thing. I, I remember the moment I read this for the first time. I was like sitting in my bed. My husband was like gaming. And I was like just doing my little thing. I was like, oh, this is so terrible. And then this part happened and I just screamed bloody murder. I was like, the best thing in my life just happened. And it's that Cassian and Azriel are here to save their high lady. Dun, dun, dun. We love Kaz so and Az. Oh, I love them so much. And the the fun part is that they're really completely healed, which I don't think she asked Reese directly about them. She just said, are they okay? And I think mm-hmm. at, even at that point, he was like, they're alive. Yeah. And so that's kind of making her think like, oh, they're really injured, right? So they're the fact that they're there in front of her, yes. like fully healed, powerful. And that's, this is all running through her head. Yeah. And it's like elation and joy and ugh. It's just, it's, it's so good. I love it's it. so good. So they defeat the um, brothers, and Feyre drops all her glamours. Mm-hmm. She's like... She reveals all her tattoos. Mm-hmm. And she has a line, I can't remember it, but essentially she's like, I'm high lady. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I love it. You and then she tells, lady. she tells Cassie, and she's like, take us home, Cass. Oh, oh, I love it. And also, Azrael has to carry Lucian. Which is the best. <laughs> and Feyre, like, hugs Cassie and real big or something. He's like, I missed you, too. And mm. I was just, like, sobbing by this point. I was like, I found family. He's my um, book boyfriend. I love Cass. He's so sweet. He's just such a cinnamon roll. He really is. So before we get to the night court, I did want to mention... The times where Feyre and Lucian were camping, a lot happens for them. We learn about Jasminda mm-hmm. and, like, the way that Lucian grew up. Um, and we learn, like, he learns a lot about Elaine. Yeah. So there's a lot of, like, empathy and compassion built for Lucian during this time. And we get more of his backstory. And he learns more about Elaine because, again, he knows nothing about this woman. Literally just, like, the mating bond snapped out of nowhere for him. So he's curious and Feyre's like, she likes gardening. <laughs> That's about it. Flowers, not vegetables. Right. So, yeah. But that, that all happens. And then now we're on our way back to the night court. Yeah, we probably should have talked about that before the big part, but I just got really excited. No, so. no, it's fine. So they get back to the night court after flying. To the townhouse. To the townhouse. I'm Which, sure Lucian is very nauseous at this point. Yeah, well also he doesn't know about Valaris. He thinks the night court is the night court of nightmares. Oh yeah. He's like, he went into this thinking that he was committing his life to the court of nightmares. He's like, I'm gonna go to the night court with you for Elaine. I remember when they get there, he's like, there are children laughing in the streets. <laughs> There's those children again. Oh yeah. So oh. He's shook. 
And they find out that Reese picked up on where she was minutes and ago them, and yeah. sent them because they were closer than he was. So her magic did start coming back a little bit. When they get there, everybody's there. Amran, um, who scares Lucian to death. Yeah, he like bows to her and we're all like, okay, I guess he knows how powerful she is. Yeah, he's scared of her. Quite terrified. Mm -hmm. And Moore is there and then Cassian and Azriel and... Then she's like, this is my home, yada, yada, yada. And Lucian's like, and you're high lady. And Reese is like, indeed she is. And that's, she turns around and he's there. And it's ooey gooey and delicious. And we're all crying at this point because we're obsessed with him. And yeah. I like <sighs> that they did all the other introductions first. And that, oh, that yeah, been, because yeah. it's all out the door when he walks in. And then they, they do a little make-out in front of everybody, which is kind of awkward, but then he's like, everybody, I think it's cute. everybody finds somewhere else to be. And he's like, be gone. Yeah. And everybody knows what's going down. And Farrah's like, shouldn't we talk through, do you want to talk through what happened at the spring court? Mm -hmm. And he's like, um, no, I'm about to sleep with you. Yes. Like, I do not care, which this is a parallel to when mm -hmm. she came back in a court of mist and fury from the night court to the spring court and she was so happy to see Tamlin and he said, hey, we need to talk about everything you remember about the night court. So I love this parallel. A debrief. It was very formal. It was yes. like, we needed to debrief you. And that was before he was even giving her that smoochy smooch. Yeah. So Reese is like, I really don't care what happened. I just want to like get naked with you. But they so, do end up, like, casually talking before. Oh, like, he runs her a bubble bath. Right. He's like, I can, what does he say? I can lick everything off you or you can have a bath. <laughs> and she's like, I'll, I'll have the bath. He runs her, like, a bubble bath with bubbles and mm -hmm. smell good stuff. He, he is, he's the man. And they talk about, like, the bond went dark and mm -hmm. she was, he was really worried about her. And by the time he got to the spring court, she was gone. So, because because of the Feybane, like, the yeah. mating bond was dark, pretty much. And then he was he told her, like, whatever you did in the spring court worked because Tamlin's sentries are, like, abandoning him. Um, and over half of the people, a few like, refused to come to the tithe. And so she's asking about Ianthe and Jurian. Um, and he's like, well, Jurian went back to Highburn. She single-handedly brought down the spring court. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's the truth of it. It's mm -hmm. just amazing to me. I know I've said that like four times in this episode. I just need us all to take a moment and realize it. Yeah. And so. I don't even imagine that she really consulted with Reese on these schemes. Like, yeah, she, she probably like, thought is... them all up by herself because the bond wasn't a thing. Then they had sexy time, mm -hmm. of course. It's, Lots of it. It's, it's good Reese stuff. and Farrah, so... They're going to have sexy time. Then she starts asking about her sisters and finds out that they're living at the House of Wind. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're not doing too great, but yeah. they're not doing terrible. Yeah. And she's asking about, like, Az, what is he learning? And he says that Az is, like, looking over the human queens, like, mm -hmm. kind of watching that. Um, yeah. And so, but... It's important to say that during the, the sexy time, they are kind of, like, renewing their feelings. Not renewing, but they're... Confirming. Getting, they're getting to say those things to each other again. Like, we got in Mist and Fury of, like, you're mine. Like, I want you forever. We're equal. I chose you. Yeah. 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 So, so sweet, gooey, gooey stuff. Yes. So then she's like, okay, we really should probably go see my sisters. Yes. Priorities. Um, so they go up to the house... Also, well, like, Lucian needs some clothes, so they kind of, like, give Lucian a room. They also put Lucian in his place, because he's being a little uppity, mm -hmm. and he's giving, he's giving uh, Feyre the side-eye, and nobody likes the side-eye from Lucian. Yeah. And Reese is like, if this is going to work out, you're going you're gonna to respect her, because she's high lady, and... He's I'll, like, I'll rip your throat out. In natural Reese fashion. <laughs> and we were all like, whoa, whoa, Reese. <laughs> like, okay. Like little baby Lucian, don't do that. Yeah, and I guess he goes with them up to the House of Wind. But I think everybody is really concerned. Not that, not that Elaine is like their fave or anything, but everybody's more protective of Elaine. So they're like, sit down, Lucian. Like, don't go all crazy over her. Well, Elaine is so fragile. Mm -hmm. She's just so 
Blankable. Think of like a crunchy little leaf. Yeah, like a fall leaf. Where yeah, you like put too much pressure, it just like just crumbles, snaps. So you should probably just not touch it at all. Mm. Leave it by the window. Mm-hmm. Let it grow its flowers, and not talk to it. Yeah. Well, and also Farah gets to share with Lucian a little bit of her backstory with Reese, and she gets to tell him like Reese saved my life on Kalanmai, and kind of. I guess, tells their story of, it's really her story, Mm -hmm. but also falling in love with Reese. Well, and I don't know if it's this point or if it's later. I doubt it's in, um, you know, the summary or anything. But at one point, Feyre says, you know, if I were you, I I would be paying attention to what I'm telling you because you're in the position that Reese was in a book ago. Hmm. You know, where... He knew that this girl was his mate, but she did not love him, Mm. and he had to do what's best for her, and she said, you know, I would think you would have a little more sympathy for Reese, considering you're basically living the same, a similar storyline, you know? So, and I think that kind of puts things into perspective. Yeah. Definitely. Quite a bit. Lucian's like, oh, oh, I didn't think of that. He's getting put in his place a lot here. Yeah. He doesn't he, he doesn't have a good starting out. But he's gonna yeah. he's gonna get better and he's gonna be happy and mm-hmm. he goes on his own journey in this book and in Silver Flame. But um, so when we get there, Nesta's in the library, of course. We love her. Um, Cassian teases her, um, and Nesta is being, you know, unpleasant to him. She's really short. She's with unpleasant Feyre. to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, she's rough here, which, I mean, eventually we'll talk about Silver Flame, but this is where we all have a bad taste in our mouths from Nesta. And she says that Feyre doesn't need to be worried about them and that she's got Elaine and she can handle Elaine. Mm -hmm. But Elaine is rough. She's, like, not eating or sleeping or drinking, and she won't stop crying. And Cassian has offered multiple times train Nesta, but she keeps turning her nose up at that. Nesta like, is such a little jerk. Like, and I know if you, if you haven't, like, if you are a fellow Nesta hater, you probably haven't read A Court of Silver Flame. Probably. Um, because I was a Nesta hater and Brandy was like, you just need to read the book. And I was mm-hmm. like, mm, I just don't love her. <laughs> like, I just don't want to spend all my time reading this really big book about her. Right. And I was so wrong. It's so good. I can't wait for us to talk about it, especially since that's probably the number one mental health centered book. Yes. But still, as much as I have lived through it and I can appreciate Nesta and love her, she's still a little jerk. Like, mm-hmm. she is a little jerk. Yes. She is in these books. And we we do get, like, a monologue, inner monologue from Feyre going like, hmm, Cassian be looking at Nesta in oh, yeah. a certain kind of way. Um, so then, but everybody is like, okay, are you going to go see Elaine? And she goes and she it's she's having a rough time because she was supposed to get married to that jerk, you know, but, like, her wedding date is in, like, a week or yeah. something. The Fey hater. Yeah, the Fey hater and, like, the silver ring giver (laughs) so yeah poor elaine she just struggles Mm -hmm. and she does not respond well to lucian either so there is like give it time lucian um you can go visit he she basically gives him the welcome and he like you can go visit the city um you can come here up you know to the house if you want but then everybody else kind of all the inner court goes to see amran and they talk about like plans yeah. Amorin is like, hey, I like Lucian. Why don't we kill everyone in his family so that he can become High Lord? <laughs> and so, everybody was like, that's a decent thought, Amorin. That, that would solve a, a lot of problems. a decent thought, but a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that would be good. Like, let's just solve all the problems with that. Let's really help the Night Court's reputation by murdering all of Autumn's royals. Six brothers. Um, yeah, but the, okay, so we're on the Book of Breathings again. Um... It's been known to speak every now and then. It's still hateful. You know, one side of it's, like, real sweet and loving and artistic, and the other side is, yeah, super, like, like you said, hateful. She's hateful. It's really confusing. So, a lot of things are wrapped up in the backstory of Miriam, Miriam and Draken is kind of how I say that. I don't know if that's the right one. I've always said Draken. Draken. But Draken, I mean. I don't know. Because I think of Draco Malfoy, but whatever. That's true. 
but they have an island and like that's important for later but yeah so basically that there's a whole plot line mm-hmm. surrounding them i want a whole book about them yeah i think I that could be a think prequel that would be so good that would be really fun mm-hmm And that's, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but all of these stories are based on fairy tales of some kind. Mm -hmm. You know, with Reese and Feyre, you have Hades and Persephone, got Beauty and the Beast, Mm -hmm. all these. But I actually read that um, Miriam and Draken slash Draken was based on um, the Israelites leaving. I kind of felt that Mm -hmm. vibe when I was reading it. That's really interesting. Leaving Egypt. So. That's yeah, because really cool. they were like, the, and I was like, Israelites? Question mark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I did read that. That's a thing. Hmm. I don't remember where I read that. I can't cite it, but <laughs> I read it. <laughs> that's funny. Which I mean, the name Miriam, it makes sense, right? And I mean, it's very parallel. Mm-hmm. So, but they're they're basically making plans on like how do we beat Highburn, and their plan is to like let's rally everybody against Highburn. So like all the courts. So, because he's like, everybody kind of wants change, and Highburn's people are for the war and the wall coming down, but they want everybody in Prithian to be against it and, like, defend the treaty. So, that's kind of, like, what they're aiming for. And I guess that's when they decide that, okay, we need to have a High Lord meeting. Yep. And the find High a way meeting. to repair the holes. Yes. Yeah. So, goals to be accomplished... Repair the wall, get everybody on the same page. Yes, and they're like, what about Tamlin? And she's like, he's not invited. But I think they eventually invite him or something. I mean, he is a high lord. You can't just exclude him because you have a lover spat. Mm -hmm. So they eventually say, like, two weeks. So they've got a little bit of time. Yeah. So Farrah chats with Cassian, and she's like, I kind of felt something different in Nesta when she came out of the cauldron. And he asks, she's kind of asking Cassian, like, have you felt any power from Nesta? And he says no. Because Feyre is basically suspicious that Nesta has powers. Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. She's like, what's going on with you two? And he's like, I don't really think that Nesta will ever forgive me for what happened to Elaine. Which was not his fault. Yeah, I don't get that. (sighs) Mm. Well, I guess his idea is, like, I made a promise to protect them, and I couldn't protect them. And I'm like, B.B. Cassian, that's not your fault. But he oh, he thinks it's his fault. Because, yeah. Oh, man, I love Cassian. He's too pure, too good. And Feyre's like, why does that bother you? And he's like, I can't stay away from Nesta. <laughs> so we're, this is where we're getting, like, all the feels. Like, hmm, mating bond mm-hmm. question mark yeah or at least some like he like likes her <laughs> and then they have dinner well elaine she doesn't come to the dinner no it's a weird dinner mm-hmm. like lucian gets all dressed up because right. he thinks you know spring court dinner spring court and Farah's wearing her sweater and her leggings yep. because that's what she wears mm-hmm. to dinner and amarin's wearing the crop top and i think moore is wearing like a super fancy dress as it's always like and he's like, this is very um, <laughs> what does he unique. Say? Strange yeah. assortment. I don't know. He's really freaked out. Mm-hmm. And and it is like they sit down and they're like a family. Is this when Feyre is like, Azriel is the most polite or is the sweetest of everyone or something. And everybody like goes into an uproar. <laughs> I don't remember it's that. It's like pointing out her favorite child. <laughs> That's hilarious. And he's just, like, sitting there cutting his green beans. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's in this book. I just can't remember if it's this dinner. That's I was really cute. it was. I'm just stuck on all the TikTok ones where it's, like, the whole fandom goes crazy over Azrael, but literally Azrael does and says nothing. <laughs> like, in comparison to everybody else, this man has the least amount of character development, least amount of lines, uh, least amount of backstory. Yeah. Like, and everybody sims over him. It's really, mm. he's not, <laughs> he's not really anything special. People are going to attack me for that. But you're right. There's like so much when it comes to him. There's so much fan art. There's so much. Oh, yeah. No, but everybody is like in love with Azriel the most. Yeah. And says that he's like the best book boyfriend. Why do you look for that? It's basically Nesta and Amran kind of interact for the first time-ish here 
where she's like, ugh, why do your eyes glow? And Amarin's like, it's the one part of the containment spell that couldn't, like, handle my power. And she says that it's basically a glimpse of, like, what lurks beneath. And Mm -hmm. this is when Amarin says that she and Nesta are the same. And everybody's like, oh, like, what kind of powers does Nesta have mm-hmm. if she's the same as Amran? You know, like, right off the bat, Nesta's got something lurking. And mm-hmm. it's it's just only a matter of time yeah. before it explodes. And I think that's why she and Amran click mm-hmm. so quickly and so easily is because they both kind of have this terrifying thing prowling under yeah. their skin. Ooh. So I did find the part. It is this dinner. And Feyre <laughs> tells Lucian, Azrael is the only polite one. And everybody, like, cries out in outrage because they're mad that she said that. And he just, like, (laughs) grins. And she's like, don't even try to pretend it's not true. And Moore's like, you're making us sound like heathens and all this stuff. And where everybody's like, you are heathens. Yes. (laughs) And Lucian's just like, this is so weird. And I think, like, Farrah takes a moment to say, hey, I know this is kind of different. But Mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is our life and it's great. Yeah. So... So then they have to go to the Court of Nightmares to kind of ask for Kier's help. So we get another Court of Nightmares visit. Oh, but this one is much different. Ooh. I love that from Mist and Fury. That's one of my favorite scenes. But this one, like, he takes Feyre up there and sits her in the throne and is like, Mm -hmm. everyone bow. And he, like, just, quite different. perches on the arm. Yes! Doesn't even, like, act. Well, he d- he does say, like, I expect there to be a second throne down here by my next visit. Uh-huh. What a statement. Mm. Like, that he's sitting on the arm. Yeah. Ooh, I just love it. Mm. <laughs> I just um, love it. What else happens? They meet with Kier. And they're... Mm. Oh, and that's when Eris shows up, and Moore has no clue about it, and she's Ugh, so Nobody upset. expected it, yeah. And they make this deal with Eris, like, if you'll help us, if you'll get us all on the same page, we'll back you when it's time for you to take the throne. Mm-hmm. And Moore is just devastated. Yeah, and this is where they make the deal, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, Kier is able to come visit Valaris. Yes. And Moore is... So angry. In exchange for the Darkbringer Legion. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Moore's so upset because they've guarded Valaris for so long. And mm-hmm. Kier wants, like, free reign of it. He's like, I want to be able to visit. I want me and my people, I guess, to be able to visit the city whenever I want. And that was kind of her safe space. And he... Yeah, there's just a lot there. There's a lot that happens in that meeting. Yeah. And I guess we have to stop there. Because we've talked for over an hour now. But so next time we'll pick up right after the Court of Nightmares meeting. And we're thinking we're going to be able to get this in four parts as well. We're hoping. We're going to try. We're trying to speed through the parts that aren't as amazing. Because we don't want to make this forever long. Aren't juicy. Right. But is there any part of this book that's not just like juicy? It's so hard. But I'm like, people don't want a 17 part podcast. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, do you have any invitations? What are you inviting in lately? So, lately, I have been um, inviting in new podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of psychology podcasts Mm -hmm. and Enneagram podcasts, and I've really, really enjoyed that, especially since I'm, you know, in school for counseling, and that's been really helpful, and I've really, really enjoyed that lately. So, that's something I wouldn't have Probably if you'd have told me I was listening to psychology podcasts a year ago, I would have laughed. So, yeah. Love it. Love it. Love the Enneagram. Yes. It's something that we could go into great detail on, just just casually. Mm-hmm. What are you inviting in right now? I have been listening to more of, like, rom-com romance books. Oh, yeah. Because um, I made a deal with myself that when I'm home... I can't just sit down and listen to an audiobook because mm-hmm. <laughs> I recently got Hoopla, which is like amazing. And I'm not paying for my audiobooks, I'm renting them. And so when I'm doing chores around the house or I'm like working out, quote unquote, working out, like just really don't be impressed, people. I'm really just stretching here. Uh, but I'm listening to audiobooks then. And so to kind of substitute with the fantasy, I'm yeah. doing like a rom com. And I really like. 
the rom-coms because they're they're very just like yeah. sweet and cheesy and they always have an HEA and I love everybody it. gets together and there's a little bit of conflict but it's like you know it's basically just like a piece of candy after you know fantasies like the whole four course meal mm-hmm. um, which is it's intense and rom-coms are just like I'm just gonna have a cherry on top so ever since you introduced me to the hating game I've kept a rom-com like somewhere in my vicinity just because you know I want to be able to have the option to go to something lighter so I always like to keep a rom-com open yeah so what are you reading right now I'm listening to a Tessa Bailey book called um fix her up that one's on my list yeah my hoopla list I love Tessa Bailey she's great okay well until next time um chew over some of these thoughts and we'll be back with even more see ya What up, guys? If you're still listening, you are in for a treat. Here's some bloopers that include the infamous John that we often mention in our episodes, which is Tori's Hubs. I'm only hitting about... I'm going to talk pretty loud. You guys talk that loud? Your parents have COVID. My (gasps) parents have COVID! Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. This is about the level we would talk, and it's only hitting about 18. COVID! 16. Oh, my God. There was one part in the last one where you went, ah! And I had to, like, equalize it because it was so loud. Yeah.